0: So welcome back to Comfortable Change, everybody. Today, I am super excited to get started. I'm joined by my good friend, Hummingbird. Um, she's the founder of Astrology for the Revolution. Um, so welcome. Hi, you um, me. <laughs> so we're going to delve into the topic of astrology today a little deeper than maybe we would normally see online or in social media. And I feel for a subject that usually feels so misunderstood despite it having been around for I think it's been around for thousands of years now is that correct
1: or am I making that up
0: it's been around for I a mean, long time it's
1: probably been <laughs> we know of astrological systems that date back to three four thousand years ago or maybe more but you kind of imagine it might have been around since the beginning of humans using their brains since the stars have always been there
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think that's so cool because it's just – it's there for us if we want it. But um, we'll just kind of get started today. So what is astrology? If you were to describe that in one or two sentences or however many sentences you want (laughs) to
1: use. Yeah.
0: um,
1: I mean, I think the really simple phrase that kind of describes it all is as above, so below. People might have heard that before. But basically, astrology is the idea that – the movements of the planets in the sky map to our experience as humans on earth awesome.
0: So I think something I know I'm curious about and I think is really important and I think it's true for a lot of people is there's there's a lot of astrologers out there there's a lot of been there's always been a lot about horoscopes and uh, I remember growing up in magazines, you could read your horoscope, and it would be like, "All Gemini's are gonna stub their toe today, but the Libras are gonna find romance." And uh, I, I guess my question is, what is the difference between like, horoscopes and like, pop astrology versus the like deeper, more detailed, I assume more accurate stuff?
1: Yeah, there's a really wide kind of spectrum of the way astrology can be applied and there's also been a really massive fast shift in about the past 30 years because of technology, both the internet and social media and the ability to put out astrological information in real time and also because we because of digital technology has shifted how quickly we can like access <laughs> you know the chart for a certain date or whatever so I think that is kind of part of the answer to the question, just because astrology has changed so much recently. And so it used to be basically the, unless you were like a serious student of astrology, you would only see astrology in the form of sun sign horoscopes. And that is its own, I think magical art form of astrology when somebody can do them really well. But it, You know, it just kind of inherently keeps things very simple. And so now that technology has opened up access to astrological information to people, there has been a lot of evolution in a lot of different directions of how people are are using astrology. And so I, I do use the phrase pop astrology a lot because... My work is kind of on the far other side of the spectrum. It's like political astrology, and it's very almost journalistic. And so I do sometimes kind of use the words pop astrology with a little bit of scorn. And I want to differentiate between the thing I'm scorning, though, and a horoscope, because a horoscope can be great. Like That can be the perfect little dose of information to... Set someone on their way for their day, and and maybe that's the only interaction with astrology they need. Maybe that's the way that it serves them. But I I think pop astrology is astrology that is mostly just put out there for the sake of creating content. So it's it's very shallow, and it isn't really like writing a horoscope, like writing a five sentence paragraph for one sign that talks about how their week is going to be and doing that accurately, that is actually a highly specialized astrological technique. Not everyone can do that well at all. But the stuff that you find out there on the internet that's kind of clickbait articles or... When you when you Google and the top 20 sites that come up for a certain astrological thing you Googled are all super obviously written with the search engine and algorithm in mind. They repeat the same words 20 times in, in one paragraph and whatever. That's kind of what I refer to as pop astrology that I think is kind of a newer phenomenon. I don't really think it existed before the internet and before this just Call for an endless fountain of content. So these days, it's a little bit like you have to wade through all that fluff to find quality pieces of astrology. Yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll stop there for now. I don't know if that fully answers the question. Yeah.
0: I love that. I just learned so much even from that. (laughs) I get, well, and I think that's an important distinction to make too, because I think a lot of people get turned off from astrology when they read the more like shallow things or the things that are made just for the algorithms, like you said. So yeah, yeah, I guess it's, it's good to know that there's definitely a difference and it's, I don't know, to me, it feels important to not dismiss one because of the other kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If that makes sense.
0: So I guess my next question was since we're diving into the deeper stuff how how can we use astrology in what i'm going to call the real world to to kind of better ourselves and better the under, better understand the world around
1: us, especially now it's
0: like more and more chaotic I think that'd be yeah. really cool to
1: learn yeah i think I think astrology can really be applied really well both on the personal level and on the collective level for doing doing the work um whatever that means to you you know so in terms of on the personal level one of the things i really love about natal astrology so just getting to know your own natal chart and the different influences of energies that are around you is that it it helps you understand yourself as a whole human so we all have things that we do maybe differently from average differently from the crowd we all have different ways of of working for example that are just you know going to feel better for us. The same style of work is not going to work for everybody. The same style of communication is not going to work for everybody. And I think that there are so many approaches or frameworks out there that that try to just say, this is the way to do it. Like, you know, nonviolent yeah. communication is an interesting example of that because I just feel like there are certain mercury placements that love it, that like that, that food more <laughs> way of interacting, you know, in this specific, like, technique that this guy developed so good for their communication style. And other people, Mercury and Aries, like me, for example, it just doesn't work. It just feels like that is a hindrance to the way that I like to communicate and, and, you know, not just because I like to spout my opinion and not care what happens. But yeah, so just anyway, as an example, I, I think that we can do a lot of healing and growth just by accepting our unique ways of being. And astrology, natal astrology kind of gives you a map of that. And it also can show you parts of yourself that may have very conflicting needs. And as you grow and evolve and your consciousness becomes wider, astrology can really support you in knowing where – You're holding two parts of yourself that maybe like to do things two very different ways. Again, it kind of gives you the map, it kind of lays that out. Yeah, so I think that is something that just can really help on the personal level. And then my work has been a lot more about the collective level of things and how the longer term astrological transits map to the different shifts that are happening for humanity today and the, the crises that are compounding for humanity today. And for me, understanding these scary things in the framework of astrology has been really supportive, even though I do not see the astrology as indicating much hope for the next while like like things look rough coming up. but I think that we all sense that in our nervous systems anyway and have been for a while and I think that astrology helps us to just affirm what is happening before our eyes, and it gives a framework that gives some aspects of certainty that we can leave and taught what we've believed are dissolving. I think that astrology offers some something to kind of rest into in terms of grasping WTF is happening in the world.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like you can kind of use it as a, a guide to make better decisions, with what you
1: know yeah I, i like to say especially with the political astrology it's not it's it's not about prediction it's about anticipation and also astrology is a map of it's like a map and a weather forecast rolled into one in terms of the territory that we're moving into in the future but going having the map is never the same as going on the journey and and having the map is not the only tool that you need to go on the journey so astrology isn't doesn't doesn't have the answers to everything it doesn't tell us anything necessarily specific about what is going to happen but it does give us something to work with awesome i love that you explained that so well <laughs> um
0: cool. all right so the next thing i wanted to ask is about so I think there's a lot of this out there, but in as an astrologer, what do you think are the most common misconceptions about astrology, or or what people know or don't know about it, or what do you wish they they understood better,
1: yeah. broad, just broadly? So I think you know the first thing that comes to mind is when people when when people who are skeptical of astrology usually are the ones who make this argument but they they want to have the argument that astrology is not a science and they they kind of want to act as if like astrologers claim that it is a science and astrology is not a science and no legitimate astrologer is saying that astrology is a science in terms of something that can be approached through the scientific method something that you can make a thesis and, and, or is that the word? Anyway, you know, test a hypothesis and, and sure. have repeatable results. That do- It doesn't work that way with archetypes. You really have to understand more the concept of archetypes and depth psychology, I think, to really you know, grasp all of that. And that's a whole rabbit hole. But just saying astrology is not a science, I think, is the first, maybe misconception that would be great to clear up and for a while i was like it's an art not a science because it's kind of an art of interpretation and of of reading the energies and then of translating them into whatever it is you're you're sharing about the astrology whether that's to an individual client you're doing a reading for or whether that's a more broad interpretation and these days i also really like to think of it as a practice more than anything else So I I think that astrology is something that you can integrate into the rest of your life over time. You start to pay attention to transits. You start to understand different parts of your natal chart, what happens in your life when these different parts get activated. And you start to be able to work with those energies more consciously and I think that it can just become something that is an active living practice inside of you, not just something that is information you memorized, right? And not also just something that you read a horoscope and like just get information from somebody else that way. Like it's such a cool thing about technology too, is that people have ability to study their own astrology, like really deeply, these apps. Create the ability to track your own transits really easily. And even just in the five, six years that I've been doing readings, it's a huge shift between five, six years ago and now in terms of how many people show up for their first reading, but they already know their chart pretty well. Like they don't need me to start at the beginning and just tell them about their sun, moon and rising sign. That's almost every client I feel like these days, even if there's someone, so many people come and they're like, oh yeah, I've never had a reading before, but I've been studying this, this and that and following on the path. (laughs) So cool. Yeah. So I think that is really an amazing thing about the technology is that we can really use astrology as a practice more and more. Um, and then another kind of misconception I was thinking of is like if you're somebody who's maybe like ooh i would I would like to do that I would like to do a little self-study um, I don't necessarily want to like get a reading right away but you feel a little overwhelmed because there is a lot of information out there and also if you if you start studying a little bit deeper into astrology you start to come of across a lot of techniques a lot of headier techniques and layers of understanding of your chart and there's a lot of techniques that are also kind of like very obscure or even didn't exist for a long time and are just kind of surfacing now and and people because there's so much interest in astrology in recent years people are expanding their knowledge in this way the thing i want to say is that You can be a deep practitioner of astrology without really knowing that much esoteric stuff and without feeling like you need to take 10 courses before you could possibly understand your own natal charter transits. So I I recommend, first I recommend just following your intuition in terms of where you might study, how you might pursue study, when you might get a reading from someone, etc., um, but also just yeah, let yourself kind of tiptoe in to having a ton of knowledge and instead focus on your tracking your personal experience with the day-to-day astrology and researching based on what is coming up in your chart. And I think that can be a lot easier more like uh gentle of a entry way into practice cool that's awesome so for astrology as a practice do you
0: think do in your opinion is it the same kind of thing like practicing meditation or or like good nutrition as like a lifestyle almost like that kind of practice or maybe a little different than that
1: yeah yeah um yeah i mean that's pretty much exactly what i mean anything like anything that you would integrate into your life and I'm not quite sure if I can articulate it, but there's something I feel like nutrition could be another example. Even meditation could be an example where having something as a practice is about more than just knowledge. So like having nutrition as a practice is more than just having knowledge about what nutrients are in what food and an external like knowledge about what might be a healthy diet. Having nutrition as a practice is an internal awareness of, oh, I feel this way when I put this food into my body. And oh, this other person has this different experience, but I I feel this, so I'm going to alter my diet this way. And also noticing the way that emotion might interact with the way that you eat or other things like that. So a practice, I think, is something that is you're very alive with and engaged with and I think astrology as a practice too is is not just about memorizing one-off things like I have Mercury and Aries and that means I do this 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 it's about that paying attention on a on a regular basis and building in my own experience well oh. Was there anything you would say to people
0: who are like skeptical of astrology? I think we kind of covered it a little bit, but is there anything else
1: you would want to add? Yeah, totally. I I think mostly if if you don't believe in astrology, just don't pay attention to it. I I guess I I, that's my first layer of response (laughs) to skeptics. And you know, if a skeptic is listening This next part, like, isn't for you, but this is just my response regarding skeptics to, you know, non-skeptics, but who, like, don't know how to handle skeptics or something. I I do believe that we are approaching a time in human evolution when denying the reality of non-linear truths like astrology is just going to become more and more not a viable realistic position i also like astrology has gotten way more mainstream right in the past five years i don't i don't even know if that is on the same i don't know if that is related to what i this threshold that i i sense is i mean i'm sure it is but also like i think that a lot of people might be skeptics and also kind of enjoy playing around with astrology, but but also there's – sorry, I'm kind of losing my train of thought here.
0: No, no, I got you. I feel it's like there's, there's people who are skeptical and maybe just kind of it will always be that way, and that's cool. You do you, and then – There's people who are definitely into astrology and all for it. And then there's like the middle ground of I'm going to call astro curious kind of Uh (laughs) trying to understand it better. Maybe haven't made up their minds yet or what have you.
1: I also think that there are the hardcore skeptics, which is maybe who I'm thinking about more than like people that are just – don't have that strong of an opinion one way or the other. Cause I'm thinking of like Neil deGrasse Tyson or like on conspirituality podcast, like sometimes mm-hmm. they've it, talked astrology and I gotcha. just feel that that is, that those people are in denial. Like, <laughs> especially I can say this also because I have done very intensive research Historical research and current events research that maps astrological archetypes to timelines and events in history, and there's pretty hard evidence actually <laughs> um, right? um, that overlap. Like, I think that in my long form writing, I've laid out some pretty solid arguments for astrology that that are maybe scientific that that can be verified so i just i think that when people are are it's like they have sunk their identity (laughs) their sense of (laughs) self into not believing in astrology i think i just think that's kind of a a spiritual cluelessness (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and it feels like, too, I'm sure some people want to protect their reputation for whatever that might be. I'm just kind of thinking, since you mentioned Neil deGrasse Tyson.
1: Yeah, like, I mean, his literal reputation is about denying astrology or like part of it. Like, he, he built his
0: identity on that. Yeah, I actually didn't know that. I haven't done too much research about him, but...
1: I mean, he, I, just, I mean that—that's probably an exaggeration because he is a very genius theoretical physicist or whatever. He's a very smart dude, but a lot of his most viral stuff, a lot of his most clickbaity, like stuff that just gets people going, is like when he talks about astrology. The astrology <laughs> stuff.
0: Okay, that's yeah. good to know. I didn't know that. I just know him for the demoting Pluto thing, and everyone was mad oh but that was a decision made by the whole
1: astronomical community
0: right but i think i feel like he took most of the blame for that oh um, really yeah yeah he a lot of people were really mad at him specifically i don't know how that happened but i just remember oh, okay, that being fine. like uh i think even in the big bang theory they did an episode where they had him as a guest and i don't know if you watched that show but there was a whole Bridget. bit thank you for explaining that and <laughs> And then my last question was just about, like, how did you get into astrology in the first place? Like, what drew you to it? Or what was your your journey like? If If you feel comfortable sharing.
1: Yeah. I first came across astrology in college. I loved the magazine Vanity Fair. I subscribed to the magazine, like, back in the day when you got magazines delivered to your door. And I loved it for other reasons, but... I started reading horoscopes there and their horoscopes were written by an astrologer named Michael Luton. And this is also kind of where my strong defense of horoscopes comes from because those were monthly horoscopes and they were just profoundly accurate for me multiple months in a row enough that I was like, what is this? And then I I guess I looked a little bit up and there wasn't, this was before social media. Really? This was like 2004, Five, six, I guess, in those years. But I would check his website for little astrological updates. Yeah. And then I dove deep into another spiritual path and I left, you know, anything else for a while. But astrology came back into my life right around the time of my Saturn return which a lot of people have heard of that transit. It happens around age 30 and it's usually a really challenging transit and a time that there's big readjustments in a person's life one way or another. So I don't even remember. I think I was just because I was at a – I think I started like looking up more astrology again because I was at a really kind of confused, messy place inside. And I started finding – some solace and and guidance from what I was reading. And then I learned about the Saturn return and that my own Saturn return was happening. And my own Saturn return did math very directly to like me making some really massive changes in my life. Yeah. And then pretty soon after that, I connected with someone who mentored me for a while named Eric Francis, who was like a older astrologer, like pre social media. And he, wrote a lot about astrology and politics. He has a background as an investigative journalist and wrote a lot about the way that astrology connected to current events. And that started to really interest me. And that was kind of how I I got more on the specific kind of niche niche writing work that I do now. Did you want to
0: share more about that or...? You don't have to if you're not comfortable with it, but... About what I do or... Yeah, about what your current your current work is about.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, people can go to my Medium page to go deeper. On Instagram, there's plenty of this kind of content too. But if you want to see my deeper analyses, it's on Medium at Astrology for the Revolution. And I write about... There's two pieces of the analysis, but one of them has to do with the Pluto return of the United States, which is a really massive, intense transit happening to the United States right now, which describes the shit show that is happening in this country. (laughs) And then the other analysis is more broad about the global shifts that are happening right now with big tech. And with geopolitical changes, and with climate crisis, and with the military economy, so yeah, all of those fun and delicious topics you can find. I love that. It's so deep. Um, go in at at your own warning, or, or like if you dare enter. Right. If you right.
0: Dare. Proceed with caution. Yeah. Well, I think there's something, too, to I don't know if everyone does this, but to kind of like observe your own life and see what's happening, because I remember I had when I was 16, I think it was the first time I had a real astrology reading. It was a gift from my mom, actually. And so I I, I really enjoyed it. And I talked to this woman for many years. Uh, she just passed away last year, but she had mentioned things like Mercury retrograde and Saturn return, like you mentioned earlier. And I didn't quite get it. It wasn't anywhere near Saturn return time for me, so I didn't pay any attention. But when I I remember being in college and noticing that for like two or three weeks, every like three or four months, all my communication would go down the drain, like all my technology would be breaking, and I would... I remember having a conversation with one of my best friends at the time. We were out at dinner, and I was explaining that to her. I, I was just saying, this is so weird. Why is this happening? And She's like, that's what happens to me, and it's the same time. <laughs> and that's when we looked up. I was like, I remember something about Mercury retrograde. And so we Googled it, and then that's how I realized, like, well, there's some, like, serious validity to this. And that, and I also want to say, from my understanding, like, Mercury Retrograde isn't always bad. I think that's a big misconception, too. I feel like it
1: gets a bad rep. But yeah, yeah that's, my, I mean, that's my story. There's a couple of things I could say about Mercury Retrograde if you want. Yeah, let's hear it. I mean, yeah, it definitely gets a bad rep. And I think um, mostly that's about learning how to use it and tempering your expectations for things to go smoothly in terms of communication or just plans moving forward. So it's just another way to use astrology as a practice is to know when Mercury retrograde is happening and maybe take some extra precautions, but also just actively use that time for inner work, like do a 21 day journaling practice or Something else that is bringing awareness inside, and just don't try to, don't expect your ideas to crystallize before the retrograde is over, that kind of thing. We can work with it. But also, I do just think Mercury retrograde is really interesting because this is a place where astrology and science actually really do overlap. So, Mercury, other than Earth, Mercury is the densest planet in the solar system. And I forget the numbers. Earth is a lot denser than Mercury, but I think no other planets really come close. And Mercury has a large molten iron core. Like most of Mercury under the surface is iron. And basically that means that, so that means Mercury has a magnetic charge and no other planet in the solar system except for Earth has a magnetic charge. Or maybe if they do, it's like... Not really measurable. And so Mercury does have a magnetic charge. And during Mercury retrograde, that's the time in Mercury's cycle when it's the closest physically to Earth. So basically there's a magnet moving by Earth during the time of Mercury retrograde. And Mercury retrograde affects our electronics a lot, right? That's one of the main things that it's known for is like electronic glitches and your email doesn't go through and typos happen or whatever. And if you put your cell phone next to a big magnet, it's going to be affected, right? There, It's it, the electromagnetic frequencies, the EMFs, right. like that is how those devices are communicating. So it, it makes sense that that magnetic influence could affect that and also... Another thing that mercury retrograde is, is known for is we struggle to communicate, we, we forget things, we're unusually flaky, we think we're saying one thing and somebody takes it totally differently. And our own bodies, our own nervous systems also communicate through electromagnetic frequencies and so it also makes sense that our own systems would be thrown off when there's a magnet in close proximity so i don't know if that's provable but i think that's super fascinating like really legit science <laughs> yeah
0: that's wild i see now i just want to google if there is some kind of study about that if i were if i were studying science like in, if i were in school again i feel like that's what i would look up i'd be like i have to find out yeah have to prove it, it with science sure not, but let me know what you find <laughs> yeah yeah probably not but yeah well thank you so much for sharing this has been really fun is there anything else you <laughs> wanted to add or share or feeling pretty good I'm feeling good feeling good yeah. all right well I encourage everyone if you're listening out there to go visit hummingbird's instagram which is astrology for the revolution and then your website i believe is the same thing astrology right okay yeah so i'll be sure to link those on the comfortable change instagram too so that you guys could just click and go but yeah stay tuned for next time thank you so much for being here hummingbird you're welcome thanks for having me yay bye everybody bye.